Harry Potter has captured the popular imagination, drawing the ire of some Christian critics. So is the series mere pagan entertainment, or does it embrace the ancient themes of our Christian heritage? Richard Helmer delivered this sermon on Sunday, July 29, 2007, at Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. In the name of God, Amen. Amen. So last Saturday, like millions of other households across the country, a long-anticipated box showed up outside the door. Might have been delivered by Owl Post for all intents and purposes the way it mysteriously appeared. Yes, it was from Amazon.com, and yes, it was the last installment in the Harry Potter series, and yes, I'm going to talk some about Harry this morning, but I promise a no spoiler sermon. The mystique was so catching that before I even knew the box had arrived, Daniel had gotten a hold of it and transported it, or perhaps disapparated it up to his room. But the truth is, being along with his family a good muggle, that is a non-magical person, he tried opening the box with a pair of scissors. And when I finally found the box in his room, the box was already half opened for his efforts, and the pristine volumes pages were slightly gouged. So even before I opened the Deathly Hallows, which was to occupy much of my time for the next couple of days, Daniel had made it our very own. (laughs) Next day was Sunday, and after the 10 o'clock service, I noted some of our youth emerging with the same book tucked under one arm as they left. I couldn't help but wonder, was my sermon really that boring? But I couldn't resist asking out loud, brought your Bible with you, did you? How we all love a good story. The fifth book of the series had just been released as a movie and was a box office smash. J.K. Rowling, who began the adventure for us over ten years ago, started writing about Harry Potter while sitting in coffee shops in England and struggling to make ends meet while raising a family on her own. Today, she's worth more than the royal family. And Christians are wrestling with each other on what to make of this whole phenomenon. The Christian Post this past week devoted at least five articles to the subject of Harry Potter. James Dobson on one side, along with focus on the family, clarified that Harry Potter was not healthy for Christians. Too much magic, too many wizards and witches, apparently, which made it somehow anti-biblical. Ted Baer went on to state that the world of Harry Potter had to do with the elite and occult where secret knowledge is the way to power and success. In short, Mr. Baer seemed to be arguing that Gnosticism, an almost primordial heresy for Christians, was making another comeback. Yet at the same time, numerous other Christians, both at home and abroad, were applauding Harry Potter 
They were applauding it as Christian-themed and even Christian allegory, very much the same sort that C.S. Lewis, which our children is now hearing from upstairs, and J.R.R. Tolkien penned in the last century. All right, I confess that I am in this latter group condemning Harry Potter for being too full of magical people and creatures seems to me to miss the forest for the trees, the substance from the context. It was fascinating to note that while condemning Harry Potter on these grounds in one breath, the same leaders would embrace the Chronicles of Narnia or the Lord of the Rings as avowedly Christian. And of course, both contain much magic and many magical creatures. The other criticism leveled against Harry Potter came from Linda Harvey of Mission America, and it was directed at Harry himself, who, quote, nurses and feeds grudges, end quote, and for that he could not be a suitable role model for children. Well, perhaps not, but I wondered what child growing up hasn't nursed grudges at one time or another and has had to learn how to cope with hardship and struggles and the harsh realities of life. The substance of Harry Potter is not found in Harry's dark sides either, it seems to me, because there is a real grace in this series, grace that I would call definitively Christian, because from the very beginning, Harry Potter, while still only a child, is reminded that he has been given something that far and beyond all magical prowess and knowledge protects and preserves his life from the machinations of Lord Voldemort. Love, friendship, a sense of good, and an inner moral compass about what is right, even if he doesn't always do it. Being part of a community, being surrounded by people who love and watch out for him, Harry has an advantage that Voldemort, who always goes it alone, cannot even fathom. Harry's is a human journey and, dare I say, a Christian one. Whether or not we want to see him as a Christ-like figure, there are many throughout the series who put their lives on the line and lose them for the sake of what is good and just. And that is indeed Christ-like, is it not? And Harry himself picks up odd friends, odd friends sometimes who are ostracized by others. Harry himself is different, even in the magical world. He has lost both his parents. He carries the heavy burden of popular titles, such as the boy who lived and even the chosen one, and if that's not Christ-like, I don't know what Christ-like is, but anyway, he must survive the emotional pressures of Summers living in a less-than-welcoming household. He must also deal with the weight of prophecy and how that relates to his choices as a unique individual. So it is not hard to see the echoes of Christ's life in Harry's In my view, this makes him all the more real because Christ, we believe, lives on in the hearts and lives of the human family and his life is mysteriously found always in ours. That's what incarnation means. 
So despite barely a mention of God, I think J.K. Rowling has succeeded in capturing many imaginations by creating a world very much like our own, where good and evil are real, but where most people, magical or muggle, aren't completely one or the other. A major part of Harry's epic adventure is learning that about himself and others, of coming face to face with the parallels between himself and the dark wizard Voldemort, of wrestling with inner as well as outer darkness, and struggling for the light, for truth, and all that is good and hopeful, and for those who are at the margins. With respect to our Christian brothers and sisters who condemn the Harry Potter series, I feel it important to point back to the underlying themes in today's familiar reading from Genesis. God has condemned Sodom and Gomorrah, and I should take a moment to stress they are not condemned so much for whatever sexual practices have been happening there. The text really is not all that clear. And our popular notions about what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah is much more about us than about the biblical story. But rather, Sodom and Gomorrah incur God's wrath because of their brazen lack of hospitality and indeed their violence towards strangers, even God's own messengers. Yet a divine condemnation is grounds enough to push Abraham to stick around and question God. In this sort of comical passage, Abraham repeatedly asks, if there is only a small number of righteous in Sodom, will the wrath come? A priority for the biblical authors, and the agenda pushed forward is very simple. Generally speaking, our world, and for that matter, the world of Harry Potter, is one where good and evil are inexorably mixed up. This is true for the community as well as for us as individuals. God's response and indeed promise to Abraham is the same that is made to all of us. Even where there is only a little bit of goodness left, it is worth preserving, worth cultivating, regardless of the darkness around it. That little bit of goodness is worth celebrating, is worth lifting up. If God destroyed the good with the evil, there would be little, if anything, left. It's a cautionary tale to all of us who are quick to condemn the broader culture and forgetting that the spirit is at work there too, even in stories about a boy with a strange scar and his friends learning to love and hope in a complex and dangerous world. Grace and goodness are like seeds planted, growing inside and out to a world that is crazy and mixed up, where pure evil and pure goodness are rare, but the epic struggle between darkness and light must somehow continue. This is a teaching that J.K. Rowling imparts to children worldwide with the story of Harry Potter. She captures their imagination, and woe to us, if we stop them from being captured that way. 
So I promise no spoilers for those of you who have not yet read the final installment of the Harry Potter series. I will only say this morning to those of you who have yet to read it that there are surprises left. Particularly surprises about where goodness is to be found in the characters we have come to love and loathe these past ten years. Its popularity and success is a testament to the perennial themes of hope still very much alive in the human family, even outside of the church. Hope in the good news, that what is just and true will prevail. Goodness will ultimately win the day. Life has more power than death. And even more so where we remain close to that rootstock of all grace, a love beyond all loves, the love that provides for us our daily bread, a love that breathes new life into the world, even where we least expect it. Amen. listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907. Or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.